from the Three Story Method Podcast Network. This is the Serial Fiction Show. I'm Christine Daigle. And I'm J.P. Reinbush. Welcome to the Reader's Serial Fiction Show. Today, we've got a paranormal fantasy by Nia Quinn called Sigils and Sushi. I'm Emmy. I suck at being a witch, but I make up for it with style. If you don't believe me, ask my demon roommates. I check in rental cars for supernatural customers leaving town. So I score whatever they ditch before they get on a plane home. And let me tell you, they leave some weird stuff behind. Weird enough that sometimes it's a toss-up if it'll help pay the bills or cause the next best thing to an apocalypse. I really don't want to start an apocalypse, but I got to eat. What's a girl to do? Aya grew up devouring fantasy about powerful girls with magic and swords, humor and kindness. And let's be honest, that's still the majority of what she reads and writes. Despite wanting a sword for over 20 years, she still somehow doesn't have one. Clearly an oversight that needs to be addressed stat. Somebody find her a sword catalog. She spends her time reading, writing, and chasing after every fuzzy animal that will allow her to pet it and will hurl any book where the dog dies across the room with righteous fury, and then possibly burn it and toast marshmallows over it, and make s'mores. Delicious. When she's not enjoying s'mores, you can find her worshiping the sun, geeking out over a game, or frantically scribbling down a conversation between two characters in her head. Yes, she is crazy, but she doesn't mind. And now, a sample of Sigils and Sushi, Episode 1. I'm the weirdo who makes friends with crows and collects little demons who just want to retire in peace, damn it. I'm the crazy girl who poured over medieval sword replica catalogs until I was old enough to afford one. Best use of a lemonade stand ever. I'm the witch who could never quite get a grasp on how to work magic properly, but uses it anyway. Enter my current problem, stage right. My job is checking in rental cars. Sounds pretty boring, I know. But when your town is the headquarters for the Harmonic Council, all sorts of interesting supernatural customers fly in and need a set of fancy wheels. And the stuff they leave behind in their cars at 6 a.m. on a Monday morning? That's worth getting out of bed before the crack of dawn for. The cars come to me first. The clients toss me their keys, I enter their mileage and gas level into my gizmo, and check for any damage. The shop guys are supposed to be the ones who clean the cars, but I always do a courtesy clean before they waltz up. Not like a deep clean or anything, just grabbing any obvious trash or larger items. Empty cups, fast food bags, Beats headphones, a dragonfly pin that commands the loyalty of a pixie. Super nice of me, I know. It's not like it's stealing. People buy this junk knowing they're going to leave it behind. Mostly. At least three customers a day hand me a camping chair, a bottle of booze, or a wrapped muffin from their hotel, because they don't want to deal with it. It doesn't fit in their carry-on, so they don't want it. Ah, to be rich. Or at least, not edging the poverty line, like I am. So there I was, popping the trunk of this black BMW, when some bitty beastie jumped out at me, fangs first. I tried not to use magic aside from my sigils which are foolproof, thank Phinea. But when some fiend with more teeth than skin wants to stake a claim on your nose, 
you don't worry so much about misfires. I swatted a hand down, sparking with magenta magic like a downed power line at a rave, and Fangy crashed to the asphalt. As did the bumper of the BMW. Crud on crackers. After a frantic glance around to make sure no one had witnessed me beating up a poor, innocent $60,000 car, I raised my voice to carry down the lot. What the hell? I think this guy got rear-ended and just hoped we wouldn't notice. It wasn't like it'd do him any harm. My scanner gizmo said that Mr. Satula had rental insurance, which I highly advise getting if you ever rent a car. You never know when a deer or a golem is going to end up on the hood of your Mercedes. You also never know when you'll end up within three blocks of me. Better to play it safe. So JP, let's talk about pro writing aid. And as they say on their website, it is the secret to polished and professional writing. As writers, we make the same mistakes. You use pro writing aid, you can get clear, easy steps to improve your writing so you can share your ideas with confidence. Whether you're doing creative writing, business writing, academic writing, just composing an email and you want to sound smart, pro writing aid will help you. And 100%. there's something new. What is it, JP? So Atticist, which is a wonderful program uh, that includes book formatting and it is developing aspects for writers so that it can basically be a one-stop shop for writers has an integration with pro writing aid now uh so we've mentioned before that pro writing aid has a lot of integrations with you know google docs and uh, microsoft word and now atticus which just makes uh one it makes that tool atticus really uh shiny and nice for authors that are looking for a one-stop place. But it's just the fact that providing aid can integrate with so many programs so that you're able to use this sort of last line defense before handing it off to someone. Um, it just makes it so much easier. I love using ProWriting aid because then I don't have people that are editing it looking for simple mistakes that I can find using ProWriting aid that I can learn from. And instead they're looking at the deeper content and they're able to notate that. Um, so I just find writing it so nice. So I love it when I hear a new integration has happened. Absolutely. Check out ProWritingAid. It will help you be a better writer. ProWritingAid.com. Use our discount code Serial20. S-E-R-I-A-L-20. So JP, let's talk about LaterPress. So LaterPress is a platform built to help authors uh, declare their independence. It lets authors create digital books and sell them directly to their readers through their own branded website. And there are new things uh, coming to the platform every day in terms of discoverability and new features. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So I actually, I put nerds on later press and it was a really easy and really fast uh, process, which was pretty cool. And one of the cool things was you can put a collection and then you can put your uh like we put nerds in the collection uh so that ideally if we do any spin-offs or if we do any like season two or like specifying those pieces you can put those books in the collection which yeah. is really nice and it's a really nice way of like hierarchical hierarchical uh pieces to it which is really cool yeah um yeah and it basically gives you your own website ours is nrds.laterpress.com and you just direct your readers straight there and they see nerds 
it it doesn't get blocked by anything else. There are no ads in the way. There are no, like nothing. It's just straight up nerds content for your readers to get straight to reading, uh, which is uh, different than some other platforms, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And I did the same thing, um, although I uploaded uh, all of my books to a collection just so I had one place, you know, to, to direct mm-hmm. readers. And so I have Molecule Thief, Dark is Away, and the Steampunk Emerald Key is up there. So it's one link. People can see all your books and you can order them whatever way you want, uh, you know, or your yeah. cereals. You can put cereals up as well. And uh, yeah, and you can do it on a subscription model or pay per book. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, which was a, a really cool. Yeah, yeah, the pricing thing was pretty cool. Figuring out uh, either doing per book or some type of a subscription model, uh, just to kind of give your readers different abilities to uh, support you. Because some people really like the, you know, it's basically like a Patreon, but yep. you just get content to read. Yep, and the cut is just five percent. Yeah. So test it out. Try it out. Yeah, laterpress.com. See you later, press. So we have a crow-talking, demon-collecting curmudgeon witch uh, who works at a car rental and isn't very good with magic. What inspired you to write this serial? Uh, to be perfectly honest, voices in my head. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, most of my stories start with, like, I'm just trying to go to sleep, and all of a sudden two characters will start chattering at each other. And I don't even know who they are yet. I can just tell like, oh, these people have very interesting personalities. Okay, let's learn a little bit more about them. And that was the case with this one. Um, Emmy, who's the main character, um, was chatting with Brachius, who's her demon roommate. And I don't even remember what particular snippet, you know, it was that popped into my head first. But I just started typing stuff down and ended up with a whole lot more (laughs) than I was expecting. And story definitely took a fun direction. So I went with it. Awesome. So I'd like to know what character you're excited for readers to read about and why. It's actually those same two. Um, Emmy, everybody just seems to absolutely love Emmy because she's very quirky. She's very determined. She gets herself into a lot of trouble and managed to get herself out of most of it as well. Um, but she's definitely got a very distinct voice. And I think readers are drawn to that. And then Brachius is like this soft and cuddly, like little pudgy demon roommate that she has. And he's got his own stuffed unicorn that he's really fond of. And everybody I've talked to, it just really gloms onto Brachius as like their favorite side character. So he's a lot of fun to, to write and uh, have interact with Emmy as well. Well, I can't wait to read more about him. (laughs) Um, But I'm curious, what's one thing about this story that you want listeners to know or to be excited about? Uh, This is more for my existing readers. So I'm actually currently writing a prequel to Sigils and Sushi. That is how Emmy and Brachius met each other. Um, It might not be what people would expect. (laughs) Brachius kind of took the initiative and uh, Emmy was a little startled to say the least. And so I'm in the midst of writing it. I'm about halfway through. Um, But if you want to get that as soon as it's available, you can join my newsletter on my website and I will shoot it off as soon as I have it finished. So Nice. Love prequels. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So how did this idea to explore weird things left in car rentals come about? (laughs) 
So I actually worked Emmy's job about 12 years ago for a brief stint um, right before college. And it was just hilarious to me, all the things that people ditched in their cars purposely, you know, when they're heading to their flight at the airport to take off to wherever across the country. And, you know, I got things like a six pack of beer um camping chairs my favorite is a giant can of bear mace that (laughs) (laughs) i guess they were going camping or something and took some precautions um and it was just a lot of fun every day to have just kind of those interactions with people like seeing what they're willing to just abandon you know in the parking lot on the way to their flight and i couldn't resist putting it into a story so that's so funny. That's definitely something I never would have uh, known that people no. do. Because to me, I'm like, you have to take everything out of the car. <laughs> so no live animals or demons, though. Like, in the- <laughs> Not that I noticed. I mean, demons are pretty good at hiding. So there might have been one lurking under the car seat somewhere. Perfect. So speaking of those little creatures, uh, I believe you have a Netherland dwarf rabbit. Uh, Did this fluffy friend or any other uh, creatures in your past inspire the creatures in the cereal? I do have a Netherland dwarf rabbit and he is a good buddy for me for writing. Um, He hasn't directly inspired any current characters, although I would say that Brachius has a similar kind of grumpy sunshine vibe going on. (laughs) My rabbit can be very assertive, but he also loves pets and treats and things. So he's pretty cute. Um, I do have notes though, for the possibility of adding a bunny to the story further down the line. Um, but it's probably going to be a while before that might happen. So I'm always pro fluffy. So (laughs) fluffy that goes in the cereal. I love it. (laughs) So what is your favorite trope that you see in urban fantasy? Ooh, you know, I would have a hard time picking just one. Um, I really love sentient houses. Um, One of my works in progress actually has a sentient house in it. Um, I obviously love mystical creatures, um, talking animals, all that sort of thing that are just regular characters in the story rather than like, you know, hoity-toity, high and mighty. You don't really get to interact with them. Um, And in hidden world urban fantasies, um, side characters who aren't supposed to know about magic, but they find out, and then they end up just totally taking it in stride, becoming kind of a badass. (laughs) Uh, And uh, other than that, probably just like a really good villain redemption arc. Those can be a lot of fun. Excellent. So I'm curious, what kind of research went into this serial? Well, to start off, lots of magical being research. (laughs) Um, I definitely wanted to pack Amy's world full of as many different kinds of creatures as I could to make it a very realistic magical society. And that required a lot of deep diving into mythical creature databases and lists, urban legends and folklore, all that sort of stuff. And I still I still do that with every episode I write just to come up with new stuff as well. It's a lot of fun. So you note that you play games. Are they video or tabletop? And how does that impact your writing? I play both. (laughs) Um, I love playing tabletop games, although I haven't as much since the pandemic started just because it's harder to get together with people. 
Um, but some of my favorites are Terraforming Mars, Castles of Mad King Lutefish, uh, Sagrada, Citadels. Um, and I'm really excited about a game that's coming out this summer that I backed on Kickstarter. Uh, it's called mm-hmm. Flamecraft. And it's about miniature dragons who run businesses in a small town. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> I have miniature dragons in the Sigils and Sushi story kind of peppered here and there. And so I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is perfect. And it just looks like it's going to be an absolute blast to play. So that one's definitely something I'm looking forward to. Um, for video games, I'm more of a cozy gamer just because conflict stresses me out and I'm super uncoordinated (laughs) like if I have to push more than three buttons at once I'm doomed um so Smash Brothers you know I lose every time um but for de-stressing you know it's really great to play things like Stardew Valley um Animal Crossing New Horizons I had a fun couple years with recently uh Calico Unpacking and Spiritfarer are some of the ones I've played the most recently yeah Uh, I love Spiritfarer. It's gorgeous. Definitely get very sad, though. Yes. (laughs) You have to be ready to cry with that one. Take a box. Yes. (laughs) I'm with you uh, on the Smash Bros. Like, my only role in that is to have my son pound me into the ground. That's all (laughs) that I do. (laughs) My brothers love playing video games, too. And whenever I play Breath of the Wild around them, they Mm -hmm. get super frustrated with me because I'll just be running around, picking mushrooms and exploring the landscape and talking to people. And if I see, you know, a monster off in the distance, I'm just like, oh, I'm going this way. And they're like, you've got to fight the monster. (laughs) No, I really don't. (laughs) I can just have fun. Hey, I recently played a game um, that was literally just a mail carrier in this small town. There's minimal conflict and you just go about delivering mail. It was one of the best games I've played recently because it's just so cozy. Um, Yes. I can't remember the name of it, but I will definitely tell you because I recommend it. I like those games too. Did you play the Untitled Goose game? I think that's what it was called. That one is hilarious. (laughs) I forgot about that one. That one was good. It was so cute. Uh, so getting back to uh, writing, has have you had any um, audience feedback or participation with the story? Yes. Um, at the end of some of my episodes, I include little questions in the author notes. And I'll post those on social media sometimes as well, like in my Instagram stories, that type of thing. And I'll get a lot of readers who will answer the questions. And they're usually tied into like how the episode ended. Like, what would you do next if you were Emmy or you know, what kind of boba would you order from (laughs) the axolotl in the market? Um, And I'll even get answers from people who haven't read the story yet, who are just intrigued by the question itself that they see on on Instagram. And a lot of them are really fun. And some of them have even inspired uh, things that are upcoming in future episodes as well. So I really love it when readers jump in with, with things like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, So is there anything you haven't explored yet, either in this serial or in upcoming works that you plan to or want to? With that, in Sigils and Sushi, obviously, there's a ton coming still. Um, Even though we're on episode, I just uploaded episode 34 today. We're only on the second day of having met Emmy. You know, we met her yesterday, basically. And so there's obviously a lot down the road there. Um, I am also working on a companion series set in the same city with different characters. Um, And that one's going to be 
the main character is a mom of a 12 year old girl who's extremely sassy, the, the kid. And she just lost her job. She's trying to figure out what to do and uh, find something new and very intriguing that ends up ditching her in with a lot of magical creatures as well. And uh, I think that one's going to be a lot of fun. So, <laughs> Awesome. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. So as a final question, what do you like most about writing serial fiction? You know, when I started, I wasn't expecting to love it as much as I did. And I've just really jived with the format. Um, I've written a couple novels that I haven't published yet, but just the process of editing them when they're done is so much work that it was really a huge barrier to me. Um, Just going back and revising through everything, it was quite a roadblock. And with serial fiction, I'm keeping my episodes between about 1,000 and 1,600 words. Um, So I can just edit it when it's done. (laughs) It takes, you know, an hour maybe. Um, So that part of the process is much easier. But also just with the format of it being such short episodes repeatedly, it really forces me to keep things snappy with the writing rather than letting myself ramble on about random things. And obviously, you know, that's definitely beneficial for the writing. Um, I've gotten a lot of comments that Sigils and Sushi is very fast paced, which I actually, when I'm writing it, it doesn't feel that way. Um, but it makes sense with the, the way everything is set up. And I just, I love the reader engagement as well, because it feels like there's so much more of a process, so much more a part of the process than you get with, you know, if you just dump a whole novel and then they have to read the whole thing and there is a lot more engaged with serial fiction, I feel like. So that's awesome. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and talking with us. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Our thanks today to Nia Quinn for letting us share their episode. If you liked it, you can read the first three episodes free on Kindle Vela or read it on later press. The links are in the show notes. And that's, and that's a wrap. A wrap. The game is called Lake, by the way. I found Lake. it. Lake? Lake? That's the L-A-K-E. mailman? L-A-K-E. That's the yeah. mailman game? So, L-A-K-E. <laughs> so I, I have to give you a quick rundown of this game. Um, so this gal li- works in the city, busy life, uh, and she can't handle it. Um, and so she moves into her parents' house while her parents are away on vacation. And then she picks up on a mail carrier job uh, just to kind of kill the time a little bit. So it's like... My life's too busy. I need to take a break. Um, and then I, you meet like several characters and you can make relationships with them. And like male, female, doesn't matter so that it fits whoever you are as a player. Uh, and you just kind of like have these little relationships. There's nothing that's like endangering. You're just driving <laughs> a mail carrier around. Oh, it's adorable. That sounds really charming. That sounds very yes. cute. And then at the end you get to pick like, what's, what's he going to do? Like, are you going to stick around or not? And I think I can say that without spoiling anything because it's your choice. Um, (laughs) So it's, it's adorable. You moved back to the city, didn't you?
<laughs> You're a monster. I I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I I accidentally uh, ruined one of my relationships, uh, which is okay. Uh, it Aww. was just it didn't end the way I wanted it to. But meh. I can do this. I believe in myself. Okay. <laughs>